This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Santa presença do Deus Criador, ergamos a voz, celebremos um cântico novo ao Senhor, grande Rei Majestoso, Pai bendito que veio salvar, Santo é seu nome, reunidos na fé as bênçãos gloriosas que vêm da oração, firmados em sua palavra, busquemos servir e amar, somos pecadores, mas em Cristo nós somos irmãos, vamos sorrir e cantar, um maravilhoso é estar. Nas eternas moradas do bom Salvador Libertos de toda a maldade Da insensatez, do pecado e da dor Com sinceridade buscando aprender Sua justiça, sua lei, seu sua querer lei, seu querer Sentimos ah, a paz que restaura a existência E nos enche com vida e poder Vida e poder, a terra e os céus anunciam a intensa grandeza de seu esplendor. Os mares em sua presença, tranquilos se aquietam ao seu comandar. Somos suas ovelhas, ele é nosso divino pastor. Aleluia, aleluia, santo, santo é o Senhor. Em honra e louvor adoremos o imaculado Cordeiro da Cruz. Ergamos a voz, celebremos um cântico em glória a Jesus. Grande Mestre Divino, Homem Deus, nosso amigo fiel. Santo é seu nome, quebrados em santa humildade. Sigamos o trilho da luz que deixou, convictos de sua bondade, de sua pureza e amor. Hello, dear listener. Once again, I want to welcome you to today's devotion. And our topic is the morning star. I'm reading from Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. 
until the day breaks and the morning star rises to illuminate your minds. Long ago, a little boy lived on a remote farm in Western Australia. He passed through the usual little boyhood ambitions of the time. To drive a train, to ride on a fire engine, and so forth. But most of all, he wanted to study the stars. Out there in the rolling fields under the eucalyptus tree, he could see them clearly. Alone one night with his father, he confided that he was in love with the stars. I know, I know, my boy. I've seen it, his father said. His hard-working, undemonstrative parent knew. Amazing. Indeed, my father was in love with the stars all of his life. Just two years before his premature death, we gave him a telescope. What a pity that he had to wait 60 years to have it. Fascination with the stars is embedded deeply within us. Astrology, the belief in star power, is as old as the history of humanity. In various ways, we have all followed the starry trail of the wise men of the East toward spiritual illumination. The Greeks read mythic wisdom into the star constellations. The Buddha reaches enlightenment after his many days of fasting and meditation. Hindu deities dance in flaming hoops of light. Painted Christian saints wear halos and light rays to indicate illumination and piety. Some wear halos of stars. Against this diverse background of shining light, of spiritual insight and practice, God declared himself to John the Revelator, as recorded in Revelation chapter 22 verse 17. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things. I am the bright and morning star. Or in the quaint language of the Wycliffe translation, the day stars praying in your hearts, 2 Peter 1, 19. As the bright star, Jesus then is the very beginning of enlightenment in darkness. He is not the evening star at the end of the day. Lovely as that may be, nor is he any of the stars invisible during the daylight of our workday world. Instead, he is the morning star, the herald of the dawn, the one that announces the coming end of darkness. He intends to shine, single and focused, in the mind of every believer. Like a mariner navigating unknown seas, I look unto you, dear Lord, because you are the morning star to guide me this day. May this be your prayer. Amen. This message has come to you from Dorothy Menchenkom, and I have been your presenter, Peter Ejekum Boatin. able. Through prayer, the impossibilities of man become the possibilities of God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10 verse 27. Matthew chapter 10 verse 27. I read, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Remember, God is indeed able.
Anything that is impossible for you is possible for him. And as he has told you, make sure you tell others. God richly bless you. I am Bell Dollar Bill. Dear listener, today we bring you the concluding part of the topic, Wills. Enjoy. Welcome back from our break. So now we've learned about it all. It is myself, acquired property. I can choose who to give to. But generally, who can I give to under my will? As you mentioned, I would like to draw a distinction here between what the law stipulates mm. and what, in my view, is the ideal Christian standard. Okay. The law gives a testator the free hand. Mm. You may choose to will your estate even to your pet. You may choose to will your estate to the state mm. or to anybody at all. I mean, I ever read in the news a rich American who, a very mean man, uh, died very wealthy. And there was uh, a waitress uh, in, the, in his first favorite restaurant. Mm. And each time he went there to eat, he was so rude and mean to the waitress. But incidentally, uh, he had willed so much in his will for that particular waitress. Oh, yes. And it came as a huge surprise to mm. the waitress when the man died. So the law gives you the free hand. Mm. But as I mentioned earlier, what I would say is the ideal standard mm. for Christians and for all men who will not just, if that free hand the Lord gives us, we are not abusing it, but we are exercising that freedom responsibly. responsibly yes. I think that we should make provision for our own families. Mm. The Bible says that if a man does not provide for his own, especially those of his own mm. household, then he has denied the faith and is worse than infidel. And so <laughs> we have responsibility mm. to make provision for our families. Mm. In Proverbs, we are told that a good man leaves inheritance for his, for his children's, children's children. children. Yes. Yeah. So we must work hard. Mm. And it, it is the heritage of the righteous to leave inheritance for children's children. We must also, for those who love God mm. and his work, and in their own lifetimes, mm. sought to advance the cause of God's kingdom. Mm. Even in death, we can still continue to support yeah. the work of God. And so if you are blessed and whilst alive you supported the work of God, mm. besides making provision for your family, you could also make provision for your church. Your church. You could make provision for a school mm. you attended, let's say if your private library sure. is huge with a lot of books and in some families, depending upon the profession you pursued, mm. there would be nobody to immediately take after you. 
when we were in faculty of law i remember every now and then you you sure, see sure. some families coming, coming to, to donate, donate the, the textbooks and the, the law reports and those things disease lawyers had willed sure. that upon their death they should be given so schools and institutions your church sure. you can even set up a scholarship for a category of some persons that you want to support so in writing our wills we should not just look at our own selves mm. but also look beyond them broadly and support worthy causes but let me also say that it is equally advisable to spend i won't say dissipate but do you know and if you look a lot of wealthy men do give a lot of charity whilst alive they don't wait the bill gates and all of them set up a fund and support where the course sure. so speaking about planning mm. our estates generally we should not just wait until we die and pull surprises even now we have opportunity we can also do a lot and yeah. planning the estate has drawn my mind to something maybe at another mm. session we'll look at it in detail um it's been very interesting this evening there are a lot more questions that i would have loved to pose to you and god willing if we meet next week we might look at it before we go into interstate succession and so we want to thank you so much for coming this evening to in spite of your tight schedules to come and lead us uh, as it were educate us on some of these very important issues your biblical quotations this evening <laughs> have really inspired me and uh, I am also tempted to read something from 2nd Kings uh, chapter 20 verse 1 and it says in those days was Ezekiah sick unto death and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos came to him and said unto him thus said the Lord set thine house in order for thou shalt die and not live set your so, house in order yes. certainly you know I keep asking myself so why was it that for all those while that Ezekiah was there the Lord didn't send anybody to see there But then when it was time for him to obviously but a good man of must set his, set his house, house in, in order. order and not leave people in confusion from the bush to and come and yes and tell them what to do. Mm. Okay so listeners we are so thankful to you for spending time with us this evening and we hope that you've enjoyed the program much as we have also enjoyed in the studio God willing next week we shall continue and look at interstate succession. So I dance For any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven. Or email us at radio at vvu dot edu dot gh, or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, PO Box AF five nine five, Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana.
Welcome back to Moment of Truth, and I am your pastor, Ebenezer Kwe. As we continue with the series on hope in the midst of hopelessness, I am sharing with you at this time the sermon entitled, Hope in the Furnace. In the previous presentation, we mentioned that the children of Israel were carried to Babylon. They trained in the school of Babylon. They excelled. Then in chapter 2 of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream which he could not even remember. But by God's own intervention, he helped the children of Israel, including Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, to be able to give the dream and also interpretation. And they have told the king what the dream meant, that he was just the head of gold. In essence, his kingdom shall pass away, and there will be another kingdom. And the final kingdom, which is the kingdom of glory, is the coming of Jesus Christ to establish his own kingdom. But the king was not happy about the interpretation of the dream. He was not happy because he wanted to live forever. 
just as many of the kings and the presidents we have around the world today, they think they have to live forever. But that is not the situation. Some have been changing the constitution to suit them. But it won't be like that forever. It started long ago. Nebuchadnezzar tried it to keep himself in power forever. Therefore, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3 verse 1, that Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits, and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon, according to Daniel chapter 3 verse 1. In chapter 3, he set up a statue of gold in the plain of Dura to show his willingness to live forever, being the head of gold. Remember that in the dream, Daniel showed the dream that he was the head of gold. But this time he set up a statue that everything is made of gold. It tells us that he did not want to pass away. He did not want his kingdom to pass away, but rather for him to be the king forever. And therefore the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3 verse 2, that and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magicians, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. It was a grand occasion, but it was also a life and death situation. They all came. They came to the plain of Dura. They came to the plain of Dura. Yet, it is not just to dedicate the image, but something more was to be done. And this will be unfolded as we go on in this series. In Daniel chapter 3 verse 6, the Bible continues to say that, And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And therefore, the image that was erected in the plain of Dura was not only there for dedication. It was about worship. It is about allegiance. And how dare you disobey the command of the king? There will be an instant justice of throwing that person into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There will be no investigation. There will be no appeal. You bow to the image or you face death. This was the situation. And therefore, what was the test of the people who went to the plain of Dura? The image was to test their faith, their allegiance, and also it has to do with worship. But remember that the children of Israel, they know their Lord, though their names were changed to conform to the beliefs and the identities of the Babylonians, yet they have held on strong to their faith. They have believed their God. I don't know what you do when you move away from your brethren. Some of us, the moment we are away from amongst the people who know us, we change our behavior entirely and do all kinds of things. But as for these children, though they had a situation very difficult, yet they had to keep their faith. The Bible says in verse 7 of Daniel chapter 3, So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, in symphony, with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages, fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. If this was the end of the story, then the king and his statue have triumphed. God's people 
may come face to face with daring circumstances, but Jesus has triumphed. But Jesus has triumphed, and so we can also triumph. But something strange happened. Some people have defied the orders of the king. Who are these people? They were Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego because they know that there is only one God who is to be saved and they need not bow down to any other God. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews to the king and said that, King, live forever. These three Hebrew boys, we found some people who did not bow to the image. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 that now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast out. What I want to point out to you at this point is that the people who accuse you are not from God. God does not accuse. His people do not accuse. It is the devil who is the accuser of the brethren. They may accuse you, but just as the Bible has said, God will fight your battle for you. Don't be afraid to bow down to the images because, and bow down to the images of this world because there is a threat in your life. I have come to assure you that even if there is no hope, God can give you hope even in the midst of the hopelessness. God can give you hope in the midst of the hopelessness. The one who accuses God's people is the devil, Satan. And therefore, don't be afraid. Keep holding on. Keep trusting God. Because in the midst of the hopelessness, where there is no hope, God can give you hope. May he continue to bless you. May he sustain you. May he bring hope in your situation. Just as he has done for Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, he will do it for you. Keep listening and you become a blessing. My name once again is Ebenezer Kwe. I am your radio pastor and this is Moment of Truth. God bless you. Amen. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus 233-244-673528 or 244 235 017 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF595. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>